Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. I am your host, Joe Rogan, and Ben Shapiro's long-lost child, Sarah Jane. It is 7.39 a.m., and today is a Renegade Times episode. Links will be down in the description on how to reach me. Go ahead and bug me. I like being bugged, so there you go. Let's, let's just do this. I just started watching Joe Rogan's episodes on YouTube, and I swear to God, we're family. I swear to God, we're blood. <laughs> and what is it with Republicans wearing Johnny Cash shirts? Okay, he I have a Johnny Cash shirt. He has a Johnny Cash shirt. It's incredible. We're blood. We're blood now, bro. Okay, let's get right into it. Let's just get right into the politics. Let's get this over with. I what the hell was that? I was trying not to say shit, I think. <laughs> okay, first off, we're gonna be talking about damning new details emerge in ex-FBI agents' role in shutting down Hunter Biden's laptop probe. Alright, we all know that Hunter Biden is a coke addict pedophile, so we're just gonna go right into this real quick. So, the extraordinary alleged efforts of a former FBI agent who shut down a probe to Hunter Biden's laptop were, were detailed Monday on a new report from the author of a best-selling book about the affair, Timothy Tybalt, um, who left the Bureau last month under mysterious circumstances, spiked further questioning of uh, former Biden. Okay. Um, pal turned whistleblower Tony Babos. Man, why have they had to have, like, very frustrating last names? We'll just say his name is Tony. Bobolinsky. There we go. Tony Bobolinsky. <laughs> Who had offered damning evidence about alleged Biden family corruption uh, just two weeks before the 2020 presidential election. According to the New York Post columnist uh, Miranda Devine, author of Laptop from Hell, Bobolinsky's um, evidence appears to have fallen into the same black hole at the FBI um, as Hunter's laptop, never to be seen again, Devine wrote in a column Monday. The computer in which Hunter Biden abandoned at a Wilmington, Delaware com um, computer repair shop is believed to have been in the possession of the FBI since late 2019, more than a year before the election. Photos, videos, and emails, text messages on the device, uh, which were also ignored by legacy news outlets, paint the president's son as a drug-addled, venal degenerate to raise troubling questions about President Joe Biden's own role on his son's corrupt dealings. Okay. Thibault's was the Washington Field 
office's point man to manage Bobulinski. According to Divine, Bobulinski was interviewed by the FBI for more than five hours on October 3, 2020, and told agents that he knew about 10 presidential candidate Joe Biden's involvement uh, in his son's shady international business deals. Um, the interview came a day after Bobulinski named Joe Biden as the big guy Hunter Biden uh, referenced in the email as being uh, due to 10% of the proceeds of a payout from Chinese energy uh, firm CEFC. Let's see here. Bobulinski turned over to the FBI uh, contents of three cell phones containing encrypted messages between Hunter and uh, his business partners along with the emails and financial documents detailing alleged Biden family corruption during uh, Joe Biden's two terms as vice president according to the divine or according to divine (laughs) okay Bobulinski told FBI agents uh, all about the deal with the CEFC the Beijing controlled a company charged with expanding China's energy influence into Russia, Oman, Romania, Georgia, Kazakhstan, um, and beyond. Uh, Divine reported CEFC Chairman Yi Jiaming was arrested by Chinese authorities in 2018 after his $9 billion acquisition of Russian oil giant Ros- Rosneft fell through. Bobulinski, a decorated former naval officer with top secret security clearances and the National uh, Security Agency and the Department of Energy, um, also reportedly detailed Hunter Biden's dealings with uh, Mikola Sholoksikovy, I don't know how you say that name, owner of Ukrainian energy company Burisma and the retired FBI director, Louis Freach. Okay. After the interview, Bobulinski and his lawyer were given Thibault's cell phone number and told he would advise them on the next steps, but neither Bobulinski nor his lawyer uh, was ever contracted, I'm sorry, contacted by Thibault and Bobulinski. And was never brought in to testify before a Delaware grand jury uh, investigating Hunter Biden. Thibault retired two weeks ago amid an investigation by special counsel John Durham into his anti-Trump activities. Republican Senators Chuck Grassley and John Ronson have publicly accused Thibault of interfering with the Hunter Biden probe and say they have more of a dozen whistleblowers who have told them FBI officials barred them from investigating damning evidence on the laptop. It's because he's the president's son, and that he's got celebrity clients that don't want to be put into the light and be accused of being pedophiles and also drug addicts. So, you know, I mean, come on, Hunter. I mean, the world of politics and fame run on pedophilia and drugs, so you might as well just come out and say that you are both of those things, dumbass. 
in October 2020, um, an avenue of additional uh, deroga- yeah, derogatory Hunter Biden reporting uh, was ordered closed at the direction of ASAC Thibault. Okay. Grassley wrote six weeks ago in a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland. A recent poll by uh, Technometrica uh, Institute of Policy and Politics suggested that 79% of Americans believe President Trump likely would have won the uh, the re-election of voters uh, had known about the if voters had known about the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop and that it was authentic. A lawyer for Thibault denied Grassley's allegations last week, saying the former agent did not supervise the investigation of Hunter Biden. In particular, Mr. Thibault was uh, not involved in any decisions related to any laptop that may be at uh, issue in the investigation and he did not seek to close the investigation. Alright. There's that. Sounds like all bullshit to me. Okay, let's go to the next one. We've talked about the speech, so let's see if I can read this one. Because sometimes... Let me see. Okay, cool. It's a full article. Biden slammed across political spectrum for optics of divisive speech. Satanic ghoul. He's been called a satanic ghoul. Who said that? Who said that? You deserve a medal, a trophy, and an ambassadorship to the Red Kingdom. I'm just saying. Alright. Democrat President Joe Biden faced backlash over... The speech that delivered thir- that was delivered uh, he delivered Thursday uh, evening for its dark and divisive tone, as well as its optics. Biden repeatedly demonized millions of Americans for their political views, calling them extremists uh, who present a threat to the U.S. while simultaneously claiming that he wanted to unite the country. Exactly, very contradictory. Um, the whiplash between Biden's character- characterization of his political opponents and his calls for unity aren't hypocrisy, political uh, commentator Inez Stepman said. He's communicating that we, uh, those who disagree with his party, are outside the body uh, politic and the bonds of citizenship. A scary speech for a scary time. Yeah, no, it is hypocrisy. <laughs> it is because we are supposed to be. I understand what he's trying to say, but it to me it is plain hypocrisy. You're either a Democrat or a Republican, or maybe even neither. I'm neither. I don't really like to call myself a Republican anymore because there are some assholes like um, what's his name? What's his name? Oh my god. I don't remember his name. He's the vice president of Trump. That dude just sold that sold our dude out. So, you know. Is it Mike Pence? Yes, it's Mike Pence. 
that asshole. Anyway, uh, one picture of Biden that went um, instantly viral online showed him fuming with anger as he yelled with ominous red lighting against a building in the background with U.S. Marines standing behind him. Yeah, that looks terrible. Ali Beth Stuckley, or I'm sorry, Ali Beth Stuckey, <laughs> actually said on Twitter that he was a satanic ghoul. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Literally. Bravo for that. Anyway. Ironic optics for a speech centered on accusing the opposition of authoritarianism. Uh, Professor and terrorism expert Max Abrams tweeted. Ironic- uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Whatever you think of this speech, the military is supposed to be political. CNN's Brianna Kyler said whatever her fucking name is. Okay, whatever you think of this speech, the military is supposed to be apolitical. Okay, positioning Marines in a uniform behind President Biden for political speech flies in the face of that. Um, and it's wrong when Democrats do it. It's wrong when Republicans do it. Okay, so somebody at CNN is talking sense. That's very true. Um, not a fan of the lighting tonight, New York Magazine Huffington Post journalist Yazar Ali tweeted. Conservative political commentators and analysts and political figures also slammed the optics of Biden's speech. Biden should have just given the speech in German. <laughs> oh my god! American Majority CEO Ned Ryan tweeted, Oh my god, give him a mustache too, like shit. Chad Gilmartin, who uh, works for House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, um, Republican of California, tweeted, Why does the backdrop look... Um, why does Joe Bon can't... I can't talk today, I swear to God. Why does backdrop for Joe Biden's so-called optimistic speech look like a Soviet sector of East Berlin. It does. It does. It really does have, like, that dictator look. Why were U.S. Marines used as political backdrop by their commander-in-chief during a, a disunity speech? Virginia Lieutenant Governor uh, Winsome Earl Sears tweeted, Everyone should be concerned. The picture says it all. Republican um, I'm sorry, Representative Nicole Mil Maliotakis, uh, she tweeted, Biden's presidency has been nothing but gloom and doom for the Americans. We are less safe, less prosperous, and less free. Yeah, like, dude, you keep saying that we're prosperous, free, and all of that stuff, and I'm just like, no. No. <laughs> Have you seen America? Have you gotten out of the White House? Have you stopped eating your freaking ice cream and actually fucking did your damn job for a minute and noticed that none of that shit is true? Because honestly, we all know that Joe Biden usually, you know, talks very... He trips over his words. And 
he did not at all, not at all, tripped over his words through that whole speech. Which makes me wonder if that's an act or he just had an extra bowl of Wheaties that morning to help him, like, be alert. I don't know. I'm just saying. It it was not his character. It's not the character that we have seen. For the v- most part, he's always been a bumbling dumbass. But the minute he wants to actually mean business, this is he's very coherent. Which makes me think it's an act. But anyway, former press secretary Ari Fleischer uh, tweeted that there was no difference between Biden's campaign speech tonight and his 2012 message that the GOP under Romney wants to pull y'all back in chains. Very true. Biden is the most divisive, over-the-top, rhetorically vile, bumbling in... uh, in in our inarticulate <laughs> oh my god president in history he added um this report has been updated to include additional information okay yes yeah no that whole thing was i don't understand i really don't depending on this next article i may or may not um, blow up, but doctor poses for a picture with the child she just mutilated post from gender-affirming surgeon uh, with patient goes viral. God. Um, an image went viral over the weekend of a gender-affirming plastic surgeon in Florida posing with a patient after a so-called top surgery, uh, which involves a double- mastectomy on health on healthy breasts <sighs> Sidba Gallinger a Miami um, plastic surgeon specializing in gender transitions um, captioned the photo on Instagram that smile congratulations CEO of the Babylon Bee Seth Dillon posted a screenshot of the post on Twitter adding doctor poses for a picture with a child she just mutilated uh, the parents or the patient's age remains unclear Dylan's post has racked up tens of thousands of retweets likes and comments dr. Gallagher uh, for her part has limited comments via Instagram see now I gotta view it I have to Let me see this. Give me a second, people. I saw a little bit of it, but oh my god. Never mind, they want me to sign in. Forget it. No, but I've seen a little bit of it, and that is just evil. Um, I don't believe that 
children should have a say in their transition because their children, all children, especially teenagers, because it looked like it was a teenager from what I saw. Um, you know, it, they're children still. And especially teenagers, hormones are everywhere. They don't know who they are and they're questioning everything. And that's basically the time to try everything in order for you to figure out who you are. And the thing is, is that when someone who is a teenager, who is young, ends up making a life-changing decision like this, it can be very... The child could pay for that, like, later on. Because, like I said, like, a child's mind can change. So if they're playing with Barbies one day, they might be playing with action figures the next. It doesn't matter to a child. Gender doesn't really matter to a child. They just know that they like what they like. And for someone to say, oh, well, because they're playing with Barbies, they're probably gay or they're probably transgender. That doesn't apply to every child. I hate the fact that I have to actually put that out there and say this. Leave children alone. Let them be. They're trying to figure out who they are, what they like, and what they want to do in life. With adults, like, looming over them, saying, Oh, my child plays with Barbies and wants to wear dresses. That's awesome, because he must be gay, because this climate now wants children to be gay, be transgender, and parents, they want to be seen as this, you know, really awesome parent that thinks that their child is special because they're gay, or they assume that they're gay, and then later on the child is confused of where their balls and their tits went, and then later on, of course, they're gonna fucking blame the parents because all they wanted was to be looked at as the holy parent that let their child do what the hell they fucking wanted. And guess what? They're assholes to their parents later on. I'm not sorry. Let the child figure out who they want to be without any of the parents, like, fucking input. When they are 18, they can actually do what they want with their bodies. If they actually believe that they're trans or gay or what have you, let them do what they want. Do not do this so early in their life to where their mind could change when they get older. Because guess what? Their finger is going to be pointed at you, dumbasses. Their fingers are going to be pointed right at the parents and saying, Why did you let this happen? Why did you do this? Oh, because, you know, you, you you acted like you were gay and you acted like you were transgender, so we we just wanted to make you happy. No. They're children. There's children out there. Even little boys, they'll play with Barbies. They it doesn't mean that they're gay. It doesn't mean that they're transgender. It just means that they're kids and they're playing with toys. It doesn't matter. I used to play with action figures all the time. 
doesn't mean that I'm a fucking lesbian or a transgender. It doesn't matter. They say this, this, this is the hypocrisy of the LGBTQ sometimes, I swear to God. They say they want gender-neutral toys in order for children to feel included, but the minute a boy ends up playing with a Barbie instead of a monster truck is the moment they think that that child is gay and it's not true. Does gender matter to you or does it? Or doesn't it? Like, does it or doesn't matter to you guys? Which one is it? Pick a fucking side. Because there's now children suffering from the influence that is over them. Nowadays, it's very trendy to be, you know, disabled, mentally ill, and also part of the LGBTQ. I see it a lot on TikTok, and I find it very saddening, to be honest, because no no one's actually guiding these children into the realization of how that comes to be. Like, how someone realizes that they're transgender, how someone realizes that they're gay. I understand that these things actually exist in the world, and do I hate them? No. Do I disagree with them? Yes. But... I hate the fact that now the LGBTQ is pushing children into the spotlight and saying you're transgender because you play with bo- like boys' toys or girls' toys, and they're not actually sitting down and talking with the children and trying to find out what's going on and get to the bottom of why they feel the way they feel or why they do the things they do. Because now it's like, Oh, we need more and more and more and more children to to stand up for the LGBTQ because if we don't, then the youth will be lost forever, and it's not true. Just leave them be. Let them figure out who they want to be. Let them figure out who they want to be. Shit. Like, I hate that. You know, it also goes with with not just this. It, It goes with, you know say, I I lived in a very racist and very um, religious home, you know? And I hated the fact that my family talked really bad at, about certain races. I hated, I hated the fact that my family used to say things about gay people. I hated the fact that everything was a sin in my home, alright? That was my influence. I was influenced into believing that I had to hate certain people or that I had to um, look at certain people the same way in order to go to heaven. That was the influence. I rejected it, of course, because I hate racism. I hate prejudice. I hate it. Okay? And I have called out my family members for being dumbasses and, and saying these stupid things about race and about gender and everything, and I'm just like, you're not getting the point. And I don't know what the inspiration was to try and condition me into believing that, you know, certain people are evil and certain people are, you know, they have an agenda, which is true, 
but it's not always the thing. It's like it's not always that problem. Every situation has a different problem. It's not always it shouldn't always be grouped together. So why are we grouping children together and packaging them up and sending them off into the LGBTQ community when all they want to do is be kids? Leave them the fuck alone. They will figure out who they are later on in life without your fucking help. It sickens me. And this is the main reason why I don't like the LGBTQ. Okay? Now, I've said this before, and since a lot of people out there want to decide whether someone is good or bad, I don't really care what you call me. There are corrupt people in every type of community. Especially the LGBTQ, especially the Christian community, especially all of the gender identity communities out there. There's always going to be that one group that says everybody, including children, including pedophiles, including everybody, need rights. Line has to be drawn. Okay. Children need to come of age to figure out who the fuck they want to be. Okay. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. You don't snip off a child's breasts because they think that they're transgender. How about you look into the fucking family and figure out if there's an influence there? How about you look into the family and find out if there's an influence there first? Okay? It sucks. I I am I am saddened for this generation because they are being fed that it's cool and trendy and you'll be accepted if you're part of the LGBTQ or if you're mentally ill or disabled. So they fake it sometimes. They fake mental illness, they fake disabilities. And they also need to be accepted into the LGBTQ by being gay and because they see that it's cool and trendy and unique and quirky and that's like the new trend now. And in order for them to be accepted, they can't be straight. They can't be a cisgender. They can't be they can't be a plain person. And that sucks. Because nobody's actually telling them how you figure out if you're gay or transgender or what have you. No one's actually showing them what it really is to be part of the LGBTQ. No one is actually showing them. They just know that it's hip, cool, and trendy to be this way. So they want to be accepted. They'll do this. And it, it sucks because it's not something that the communities, society should be deciding for the youth. The youth should be deciding for themselves what society they want to be in. The influence has to stop. It does, because we're ruining our children. And I hate that. I love children. I stand up for them as much as I can because I see the corruption. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Because why are you doing that to your own children? Because you want to be mom of the year? 
shut the fuck up and how about you just encourage your child to be who they want to be. Let them choose, not you. Some online quickly voiced concern over the photo. Layers of Tragedy Federalist contributor Chad Felix Green commented, A young girl convinced to hate her body and only feel joy at removing her femininity. She'll never find peace, he, he asserted. Finally, performing pride, but desperation for validation. Exactly. She'll become angry, bitter, and hostile, only finding purpose in victimhood and endless pain. Yeah. Columnist at Tablet Magazine, Sasha White, uh, posted a screenshot of Dr. Gallagher's uh, now-disappeared Instagram story. Um, the post, uh, the surgeon indicates that she'll only be able to remove four healthy breasts uh, in the upcoming week. Just realized I only get to see four teats next week. What the fuck? Okay. And the caption reads, with a crying emoji and a crying laughing emoji. Sasha Weiss says, I'm looking to speak with former patients of Dr. Sidba Gallagher for an article I'm working on. If you are if you or someone you know um, is a patient of hers, please get in touch. Reply to this tweet, particularly hoping to talk with someone who was a minor at the time. Politico dubbed the red-headed libertarian asked um, how is this happening in Florida? Linking to the state's health department uh, guidance recommending against transgender surgeries for minors. So, she's doing it illegally. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Find this bitch. Find this bitch. Okay, I could really go violent with it because I'm really pissed out off of this person, but I'm not going to. I was going to say some really awful things, but I'm not going to. I'm going to tame my rage. The Florida Department of Health on April 20th released guidance um, advising against medical transgender treatment and social transitioning for kids due to the lack of conclusive evidence and the potential for long-term and irreversible effects. The department's guidelines are as follows. Social trans... Social... Gender transition should not be a treatment option for children or adolescents. Anyone under 18 should not be prescribed puberty blockers or hormone therapy. Gender reassignment surgery should not be a treatment option for children or adolescents. Children and adolescents should be provided social support by peers and family and seek counseling from, license, from a licensed provider, the guidelines said. Notably, Gallagher last week publicly complained about the guidance saying hospitals are unwilling to allow her to use its operating rooms to perform transgender surgeries on minors. So you're doing it behind the guidelines and behind the, the rules of the hospital. You should be stripped of your uh, PhD, or not PhD, but you should be stripped of all of your diplomas, all of your college diplomas, and every... All of the licenses that you have, 
in order for you to perform surgery because you're doing it against the law. You're doing it without the knowledge of the hospitals. So, okay, patients are scared, they're upset, she told the Tampa Bay Times. These are powerful bodies that are targeting them. Okay, these are, there has been a recent focus on backlash and the highly controversial and irreversible surgeries, especially for children. Last week, uh, a staffer from Children's National Hospital, Washington, D.C., indicated um, in exclusive audio from uh, libs of TikTok that it uh, performs so-called gender-reaffirming hysteric tomies on girls younger than 16 years old. What is that? Children's National Hospital told the Daily Wire via email that it does not provide gender-reaffirming surgery for anyone under the age of 18 and confirmed uh, it doles out hormone therapy to children, but not before puberty. Uh, Some people say, we need Matt Walsh on this. No, see, Matt Walsh just took away his daughter's child. Shut up. Uh, the righteous indignation heaped. Ah! What'd I do? Go go away. Oh my god. The righteous indignation hit, heaped on this child uh, butcher <clears throat> will validate her victim hero card. The holy grail of modern feminism. Uh, imagine the cult-like and mindless devotion to popular culture and fashion it requires to bring are to brag about mutilating a child and not expect normal people to recoil in horror. Uh, the n- desire to be accepted by the correct people, to be in step with fashion, and bully people into calling you a victim are hallmarks of the cult of leftism. Yes. Another says, Why do we block the picture for being sensitive content? It's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> oh my god. And then uh, another says, well, I don't advocate for violence, but in this case, (laughs) yeah, yeah, very true. I think it's time for a break, don't you? Because that fired me up way too much. TV and uh, the voice of the fat mantis will actually appreciate this. Or maybe they won't. I don't know. They've talked about Henry Cavill for a long time. But uh, they both have a um, new channel, both of them together, called Fight Juice. And that's where they do their segment called Fanboy Modeling School. I was about to say club. I was like, no, I know that there's another word for it. 
Um, but they, they talk about entertainment stuff like this all the time. So go to YouTube, type in Fight Juice, and go ahead and subscribe to these two awesome badasses. So, um, yes, let's go. We're, this is our entertainment section of my podcast. So let's just read the article. Let's see here. Marvel Studios reportedly signs Henry Cavill, John uh, Boyega, and John Karasinski, Denzel Washington, and more. Okay. Uh, yeah. Since Marvel is, you know, owned by Disney. Don't be turning Henry Cavill into a pussy, okay? Shut up. Despite playing Superman in the DC Extended Universe, rumors are now uh, noting that Marvel Studios has signed Henry Cavill for a role in Marvel Cinematic Universe Entertainment Insider. Um, Emmett Kennedy recently posted a tweet noting rumors of Marvel Studios signing uh, seven actors and actresses. Um, aside from Cavill, the names mentioned include John Bogia. Jody Comer, Daisy Edgar Jones, John Karasinski, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito? I hope. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm sorry. This is real name. Okay. It reminds me of that song, Despacito. I, whatever. And Denzel Washington. Kennedy notes that the talent potentially signed will help lead the Phase 5 plans for MCU, and the president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, uh, will be making an announcement regarding the signings at D23 Expo 2022, held at the Anaheim Convention Center September 9-11. Kennedy also mentioned the upcoming Fantastic Four and X-Men films in his tweet. It is interesting to note reports last year revealed that Henry Cavill met with Marvel Studios regarding a role. Alright, for more entertainment news, is that the whole thing? Oh, that's stupid. That was the whole article. Y'all are lazy as hell. So, I don't usually talk about DC, but I really should because I like DC. I like both Marvel and DC, but DC is starting to become a lot more badass to me because Marvel was bought by Disney and making everybody pussies. They made Loki a pussy in his show and I'm pissed. Like, leave the dude alone. Let him be his badass, mischievous- Anyway, alright. 10 DC B-list villains who need to be redeemed. We'll see. DC Comics has created amazing villains over the years with A-listers like Lex Luthor, Darkseed, Joker, and um, many more becoming household names. Uh, As great as the big name villains are, the company also has killer B-list villains. B-list villains are... um, fun because they don't have the baggage attached to them that others do. Um, This makes them extremely easy to redeem. So, 
some B-list villains are also too fascinating to always be fighting the hero's redemption allows readers to uh, spend more time with characters they love and different facets of them. Um, their absence... Uh, sorry, their absence doesn't hurt the hero's story and most villains return to their evil ways sooner or later anyway. So number 10 is Gigantica. Or Giganta, sorry. <laughs> it's too cool to keep wasting as a one-note villain. Okay. Giganta is basically a stereotype as a villain as she is gen a generic woman, a generic strong woman with the power to grow. Giganta is a cool villain that needs redemption, that needs a redemption arc. Uh, it would allow creators to flesh out their character and make her into something interesting beyond the giant woman who punches Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> what? Wow, okay, Giganta also has a lot of interesting aspects to her character. Her academic background, the, di the de degenerative diseases that caused her to her body to start jumping, and her, uh, I'm sorry, no, caused her to start body jumping, and her struggles with being a villain, uh, these conflicts could be beautifully explored through a hero's journey, number nine. Prometheus could easily become a less creepy Deathstroke. Okay. Deathstroke is DC's premier tweener anti-hero, veering from villain to hero and vice versa. The problem with Deathstroke is the whole... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Problem with Deathstroke is the whole Terra situation, though. A better choice for a cool anti-hero would be Prometheus. Um, the entire origin is the evil inverse of Batman, with his uh, parents being criminals killed by a cop while uh, he devoted his life to revenge. Prometheus has all the hallmarks of Deathstroke. Uh, cool armor, tactical intelligence, and superior fighting skills. Seeing uh, what would redeem a person like him is interesting. He'd make a great marquee uh, anti-hero who uh, uses lethal force like Punisher or Wolverine. Kara Karusil could easily be redeemed. Um, the Sinestro Corp of is full of interesting aliens, but the easiest to redeem is Carousel from um, after her colony was destroyed. She was raised by feral creatures that are killed by the Green Lantern who rescued her. Um, this drove her crazy and she ended up killing a psychologist in her asylum, earning her to earning her a Sinestro core ring. okay. Uh, Carousel backstory is entirely tragic. She's just a woman with extreme PTSD whose fear um, has become part of her. Breaking her out of that cycle would uh, be rather easy. The Sinestro War Ring isn't inherently evil, so she could s stay a member of that core and fight through her fears as Jessica proved it. Okay. 
re- number seven, remaking Bizarro with Silver Age qualities would redeem him. Bizarro was a huge part of the Silver Age Superman mythos. Uh, after Crisis on Infinite Earths, DC basically remade the character into an imperfect clone of Superman, uh, which allowed them to take the character in a more serious direction with the return of the multiverse it would be simple to bring back the old-school Bizarro and give him a redemption arc. Previous Bizarros have been redeemed with one working with uh, Red Hood Outlaws, but that Bizarro wasn't real Bizarro. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Silver Age Bizarro was always um, basically harmless and also understood that he was an opposite. His warped view of the world would actually turn him into a hero um, in a re- roundabout way. Number six, Tattooed Man's Redemption Arc began but was ignored. Okay. Before every Green Lan- Lantern story uh, became a massive sci fi war in space, Hal Jordan battled all kinds of earthbound villains including the Tattooed Man. Uh, His powers are simple. The tattoos on his body come to life. That's actually what I kind of expected when I saw his name, but that also sounds pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Um, It's such a great concept for a villain, but it works just as well for a hero. Grant Morrison realized this and gave the second Tattooed Man a redemption in the arc in Final Crisis. Like most things, Final Crisis-related DC ignored the redemption arc for the villain during the New 52. Tattooed Man hasn't made too many appearances since then, uh, so giving him a redemption arc would be a snap while reintroducing him to readers. Number five. A psycho pirate, okay, would make an interesting hero. Psycho pirate's powers make him an expert manipulator, okay. But there's so much more to Roger Hayden. Uh, His emotion-controlling powers have warped his mind as he, or as the knowledge of the old infinite Earths, however, the old multiverse influence on him would make it rather easy to redeem him. Um, instead of him uh, using the mask to affect others, maybe he could affect himself. Um, the heroes of the old multiverse inside the mask uh, would take control of him, making him more heroic. With infinite knowledge of the multiverse, Pirate could look uh, to millions of heroes for inspiration on his new journey. Number four. Ugh. Solomon Solomon Grundy's nature means he can easily be made into a hero. Solomon Grundy was a top DC henchman, but uh, he'd actually be really easy to redeem. In fact, his... Or it's happened before. Um, every time Grundy dies, he's reborn to, in Slaughter Swamp most of the time and it is as a zombified monster. However, the in Starman, he has he was resurrected as a childlike being, 
who wanted to do good and worked with the Knight family. However, he's also been resurrected uh, as a devious mastermind. DC creators could have him come back as a smart Grundy uh, that didn't want to be evil anymore, trying to stay alive to avoid uh, reverting to a Bastille villain. Grundy usually accepts death, but avoiding it would humanize him. Alright, number three. Icicle 2 is due for a second, or a total redemption arc, okay. Um, with the upcoming return of the Justice Society, uh, there are lots of great villains that haven't been seen in a long time. The Justice Society is full of cool villains, but only one really deserves uh, a redemption arc, and that's Icicle Second. Um, or Icicle Two, I don't really know. Um, he received a partial one in JSA, stealing Thunder back in the early 2000s, and since then fans have wanted him to fully embrace heroism. Icicle Two uh, is a legacy villain following in his father's footsteps he has no personal reason to be a villain so seeing him give up the ghost and try to walk the straight and narrow would be interesting uh, it would be a fun character evolution uh, that's been over a decade in the making mirror master has always been an underrated rogue <laughs> Flash villains uh, are wonderful, with the rogues being one of the best villain teams. The rogues, oh my god. Yo. See, now I have to find like comic books with the rogues in it, just because it's got rogue in it. I I'm interested. <laughs> um, one of the best villain teams in comics. Any of them could be redeemed and would be... Would, it would be believable. But the best choice would be Evan McCullough version of Mirror Master. The original Mirror Master Sam Scudder uh, was just a Silver Age stereotype, but the Scottish McCullough was fantastic. Um, so let's see. McCullough showed um, his morality Way back in the first appearances in Grant Morrison's Animal Man, the rogues are a highly principled group of villains, so Mira Master giving up his villainous ways to work for the DEO or even the Suicide Squad would be fathomable. Master... What the fuck? How do you say that? Master... Mm. MXYZ... What the fuck? How do you say that name? Master Misiplik. I don't even know. It, there is not one vowel in his name. It says... Where's my... It says, where's my quirk? Is that... Oh my god, okay. It's more mischievous than evil. If you know this guy, he's got like... Two wisps of gray hair and a purple hat. Okay, I don't know how you 
pronounced that ridiculous name. This is my first time ever actually learning about this person. But okay. Uh, we're just gonna call him the Master because I have no idea and I know that DC fans would probably burn me at the stake if I mispronounce his name, so. Superman has weird villains, but the Master takes the cake. MXY um, is a near opponent fifth uh, omnipotent fifth dimensional imp uh, who basically just enjoys messing with Superman. Occasionally there's some malice involved, but most of the time he's just trying to have fun with the one person he can't easily break. Readers um, have already been or have already seen MXY as a heroic character in Grant Morrison's action comics, so seeing him give up mischief in favor of heroism to uh, entertain himself for a while would be fun. MXY is all about keeping busy and having a good time, something he could achieve fighting alongside the Man of Steel rather than against him. Okay, that's all of them. That was interesting. Okay. Um, I was trying to look for a My Hero Academia article, but I can't have one without spoiling it for you guys, but we talked about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, so the new trailer just came out. And everybody's saying that it's good, so this comes from Nerdist, and early this year, Winnie the Pooh entered the public domain. The original version, not the Disney one, who uh, wears a red shirt. Uh, then, or when a famous uh, properly becomes free, f okay, for all to use, okay, whatever. Uh, any and every project you can imagine becomes a possibility. Artists can make almost anything they want when copyrights are no longer an issue. Uh, I know all of that. Uh, and yet, I was still unprepared for what enter entering the public domain would mean for the beloved Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, or and Piglet to set some s Okay. They've become slashers, people. It's terrible. In Blood and Honey, uh, and the only thing weirder than that sentence is what I'm about to write next. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey's newest trailer looks pretty damn good. Oh my god. I'll have to watch it later after this. Remember when Ewan McGregor played an adult Christopher who reunites with his old little animal friends? in the Hundred Acres Wood, uh, in the feel-good Christopher Robin, yeah, Blood and Honey is the complete opposite. Winnie the Pooh movie. Um, in fact, it might be even more grotesque than the opposite of McGregor's sweet film. Um, because Blood and Honey, the Blood and Honey trailer goes hard. Jason Voorhees, hard. 
Uh, in the Winnie the Pooh trailer, we see that uh, Pooh and Piglet turn wild after their favorite human child abandoned them years later. Oh my god. When Christopher Robin returns as a grown-up, he finds Pooh and Piglet have grown into giant monsters and they've developed a taste for murder. Oh my god. What follows uh, that discovery as a classic slasher flick? Um, this movie even features young co-eds imperiled during the gateway in the woods. Oh my god. Um, there's lots of blood, a little honey, and some genuinely creepy masks. But while this Winnie the Pooh blood and honey humor movie uh, trailer is equal parts funny, how can it not be, and scary, um, there's an underlying idea that could make this movie so much better than just a gimmick. Blood and honey. <coughs> excuse me, could explore the dangers of revisiting the things we loved as kids and holding on to an idea of what they uh, should be rather than dealing with what they are. Yeah, I really did just make a case. Uh, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie might have some meaningful, something meaningful to say about the pitfalls of modern fandom and nostalgia. Um, entering the public domain really does uh, lead to some weird stuff. And hey, if it's uh, if its trailer is anything to judge by, we can't wait for Blood and Honey to release this fall. That is so strange. But unfortunately, I I kind of recognize myself as very tired already, so. I think I'm going to end the podcast episode here. I'm really sorry, but thank you guys for listening. I will see you in the trenches next time, and I am going back to bed.